0: This is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast bringing you the latest bud biz buzz Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. joins us as usual for the business of cannabis. You can find them online at GreenGenCompany.com and find out how Malka can help you. How are you today, Malka?
1: Great, Dean. How are you?
0: I am excellent. It is a beautiful fall weather that we're having, uh, at least in northern Alberta. I hope the same thing yeah, in Alberta.
1: It feels an Indian summer. I think that's what it's called. And all due respect, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, all right, let's get started. And uh, uh, the the analogy we're starting with that you're, go, you're throwing out is that, would you learn to drive a car from a car salesman? Why are people expected to learn about cannabis from a retail store? I'm not sure I get the analogy, but maybe you can explain it to me.
1: Yeah, so I guess, I mean, you know, we're in this era where, cannabis is legal recreationally in Canada we're still the only country in the world that has done that and there's a lot of sort of questions as to you know is the way that Canada has done it right yes or no we don't know yet and yet to be determined and and really what this is about is really about the foundations of like how do you build a new industry of any kind and and I personally don't think that having to buy something is necessarily the answer and that's really come from my tour of duty uh talking to so many different people on many sides of the like ending the stigma argument. Um so what this is about is you know I'm not knocking the retail um environment and the, the mil- like the really millions of dollars and the people that have really spearheaded you know, putting cannabis on a shelf in a store and trying to become bed tenders or canisters or educators or can advisors or insert the other euphemism for selling you cannabis here. Um, but what I've come to understand is that, you know, not all people necessarily want to, to consume cannabis. They want to learn about it. They want to understand it. But their first steps really are not going to be into a store. Also the access to stores. Now we know in Alberta, that's not a problem because there's one on every corner, but in many other places, that's not true. Um, Even in where the larger markets of people are. So the education as a foundation for, you know, starting of a new industry is my dilemma here and that's what i'm bringing bringing attention to is that i believe it's sort of an inherent flaw in, in the in legalization sort of kind of the concept of putting the cart before the horse so like for example with the analogy of of driving a car you know typically people that learn to drive a car in their later teens learn from someone of someone of a mentor or someone that has a bit more experience than them maybe a parent a relative. I don't know. My uncle is the one that taught me how to drive standard and I never figured it out, but at least I learned something in the process. And then I learned, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, learn an automatic vehicle. And, but so basically what I'm saying, you don't necessarily start with where you buy the, the element to learn mm. how, what it is, how it works and and all of the things that you need to learn from an experience perspective before you become a user of it. That's why you use the analogy with car and car salesman. Um, again, not a knock on car salesman either. My husband and his entire family is in the use car sales business, but mm. it's really about the education piece and, and becoming um, an expert or even just to, you know, have a basic understanding, a foundation of education. I mean, in, in our country, um, you know, Education is a fundamental right. It's something that is highly protected under our, our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Uh, a basic education is required that everyone takes, you know, from kindergarten to grade 12. It's free. It's protected by our government. It's a major part of our, our fundamental rights uh, to be able to have, uh, you know, practice in democracy and government, um, like just to participate, as well as in our our economy. You need to have a basic understanding of a lot of things to um, partake. And I think cannabis is kind of like that. There's, It crosses so many different areas beyond just using it. And if you really want people to understand it, I think the options should be greater than just having to go to a store and to be faced with a buying decision in order to make that decision or to be, understand the education of on cannabis.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh listen, I, I, you know, I will say, and and I know you, you did say it, the education you can get in a store is awesome. And there are a lot of places that just offer education sessions where you don't actually uh, you know, you're just going to learn. But I will agree with you on the basic principle that the education for just anybody out there. Isn't that forthcoming? Like I, like I would argue maybe the uh, Health Canada or the Canadian government should have spent less time on uh, producing videos where the guy forgets that he wants to order fries in the drive-thru. Uh, and, and every other piece of uh, education that you see is warning you about cannabis instead of educating people on cannabis. So I do agree uh, as a whole, like instead of running those commercials, run an ad that says, here's where you can find some more information. Uh, You know, if you don't want kids to see these plants and buds or whatever it is, let's offer education yes let's offer a warning do not drive and and this and and cannabis you know can be harmful in certain situations where you're operating machinery or things like that we have to get that message out there that should be self explanatory i would think in our in our time of this of our lifetimes but maybe it's not but there needs to be way more from the government when it comes to education rather than just warning signs all the time
1: exactly and just the incentives of the government to create more of a place for education. So you're like you said, it, bang on, you know, this industry was built on the backs of, you know, potentially millions of people that were using cannabis as medicine, right? Medical cannabis mm-hmm. and med- medicinal cannabis has been around legally way longer than it has been recreationally. And these are some of the biggest, argue, you know, people against the concept of retail store and and rec cannabis. Medical users don't think of it as something you should just walk into a store and just buy. Like you think they have taken the steps extremely sometimes to a detriment of their own personal um, liability and their own personal safety to learn about the plant from it literally from growing it and growing it themselves and figuring out a way to stay healthy with the you know um, the use of cannabis as you say uh, on your own tagline you know that it's all about getting healthy and i believe too it's all about healing the world these are because there's a medical component and just like you know I'm not going to say you have to go to a doctor to get cannabis education. That's not necessarily the case, but to think about it more like a um, something that you just don't have enough foundational information, unless you have the understanding of how it interacts with your human body. And that's what I'm really proponent that my proponent here is to think of it more, not as a commoditized marketed or promoted product that you just go the buy the latest trend in store. That's great. And those are, there is a place for that, but I think that has to come after um, the part where you understand how it interacts with your body and how it interacts so drastically different from person to person and not well, yeah. with the trend of let's just get high.
0: Yeah. And the medical side and the the rec side are, you know, you know, they might as well be opposite countries uh, because yeah. you, you know, you're not, you're not allowed to, you know, I can't go into a retail store and tell them I have a migraine and get that advice. Like there are really strict, strict punishments, for that size sort of thing, so it, it really is it's almost like you know medical marijuana is is Mars and recreational is Pluto or something because yep. uh the, the the world's apart so let's let's continue this conversation in chain change makers and talk about. The education that is out there—it uh, was something like the Elevated Learning Academy.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm part of the teaching uh, team at the Elevated Learning Academy and help with the ve- development of their curriculum because I thought that it was really holistic. I mean, you now it's being offered fully virtual, and and I'm I'm talking about this in the sense that. In learning about their curriculum and in learning about other groups that are offering cannabis education at different levels, whether it be post-secondary or continuing education or online courses, from, there there's so many different places. This group is doing it a little bit differently and in a way that I really support. And they're pioneering in Canada education around cannabis and health specialty as a diploma. So this is an accredited program. It's not just a bunch of leaflets or, you know, stuff online that you click through. This is a a, a program that has a substantial amount of information in it that would accrue a, a the user, the pe- person taking the program would have a diploma at the end of it, just like they had a diploma, you know, from any other post-secondary in- institution. So it's an accreditation, which is significantly more, um, not just more content, but a, a content with research-based and professionals creating that content. And and really what it is, it's a health-focused designation um, for people that want to understand the medicinal benefits, not necessarily for themselves, but to teach their patients or their clients Or other people around them, what are conditions like insomnia, inflammation, migraines, pain, uh, anxiety, depression, epilepsy, the list goes on. There are so many different medical conditions and health positivity things where just even preventative um, cannabis has such a huge place in that. But it's not the kind of thing that is going to really make sense at a store level. It's the kind of thing where you need to understand human biology a little bit better and something called bioavailability, which is a complex uh, concept, but it's something that has to really be understood at a foundation before embarking on the buying part. And that's why I think this program is different and such kind of a change in the change maker of the week.
0: Well, and it's something that people might not know where to go because you can't go to a store, unfortunately, and, and ask. But you know, there might be people interested out there, but uh, maybe they don't know where to find the information, or maybe they're scared to, to look for the information because of that stigma.
1: Exactly. And we're really feeling, we're hearing that a lot in the stores. Like, you know, I mean, you've talked to many store retailers, you've got Chris Science on on every week, you've talked to Green Rock, they all hear the questions in the stores that they can't answer, and they feel like like their hands are tied. They have questions being asked of them daily about these topics about the medical conditions that they think or they've heard cannabis can help with but as retail store people you know they don't have the background in medicine or even in any kind of health sciences that would accredit them the ability to speak about that and, and that's okay so there are laws around that in Canada where the retailers cannot speak to that just really for the liability part of it um but what's cool about this program is that there's no cannabis consumed part of the, the elevated learning academies program and it's virtual. So you can be online and learn with the other people, right. but it's a, it's a research based program and gives foundation for, from the medical side, but can be applied in a retail store or within the cannabis industry to have that background to help other people understand, you know, all the different ways that cannabis can be used in the, in people's lives.
0: Yeah, it's uh, education. Uh, it, you know, we've been saying it for a long time education is the cornerstone to normalizing and getting rid of that stigma uh, and as we move on to what it means to be green we're talking organic and and this is or you know the word organic whether you're talking about cannabis or you're talking about food uh, has become a, a real buzzword in the last 20 years and you know it um, organic means different things to different people sometimes but let's discuss clean green certified when it comes to that word organic
1: Yeah, so I attended a seminar um, recently with the founder of this group, um, Chris Van Hook. He's out of California, very northern parts of California, um, bordering on Oregon. And they developed this program, I think, 17 years ago, based on the fact that USDA Organic, like that standard symbol that you'd see on like food products and lots of places, they didn't recognize cannabis. Because obviously, if it's federally not legal there, and 17 years Mm -hmm. ago, it was like no-go. The real organic movement didn't recognize that cannabis was a plant that could be grown organically. It was like, can't even, couldn't even talk to them. So what he did was he started what he called the closest thing to organic that cannabis can get since 2004, um, basically so that there is essentially a certification program for people that are growing cannabis and are doing it in a way that's sustainable, that's you know saving or protecting their environment and protecting their plants from being treated with a lot of fungicides and pesticides and fertilizers that have elements in them that make them really unfit for human consumption in large amounts. So we all know that agriculture uses these things in practice and it's a recognized, you know, problem, so to speak. But the the overcoming of that is the organic uh, growing practices. The thing is that organic growing practices sometimes produce things like, you know, insects and and other um, things because you're really not treating your plants with chemicals to get rid of that. So what they've developed is a program that they've been using for quite a while um, that essentially is that extra layer of um you know seal of approval so to speak where not only do you have to apply to do to be part of the program but it's a it's a paid certification so what that means is that you have to meet criteria just to have them come out to your farm, essentially. But once they come out to your farm, they're going through this very detailed checklist of how you're growing your products. And literally, they're looking at everything so that you get this seal of approval that has a seal, it literally is a seal that you can put on your products. That basically means that Someone else has verified that the way that you're doing it is not just self-proclaimed organic Um, and the USDA organic group doesn't um, agree because they have their own version because it doesn't apply to cannabis. But so this Clean Green Certified Program is essentially that stamp of approval equivalent to the USDA organic, but specifically applicable for cannabis.
0: It's interesting that uh, you know like I understand why it, there's no organic certification in the US just it's the same reason I can't use my iPhone with my uh Volcano uh, because Apple doesn't recognize uh vape uh, technology or cannabis technology because it's not federally legal. So this yeah. is a really good way of of getting at that. In in Canada, we are federally legal. Um, what, you know, and, and we do see a lot of companies in Canada using that word organic as well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, again, there's the, there's the difference between using the word mm. organic, which is like a self-proclaimed, right. you know, authenticity or proclamation, which a lot of people do, but by having a group like this come in and really inspect, they're certifying it against a common set of criteria that a lot of other farms and groups that are growing agree to and have the same standards. So it's almost like, yeah, sure, we can say we're organic all day long. That's fantastic. But until a third party comes in and agrees on a lot lot of different details for a fee that this is actually true, um, that's an extra set of level, uh, a level of authenticity and certification that make it basically makes your product above and beyond other ones on the shelf. So it's not you saying it, it's now someone else saying it, and that that's a level that is adhered to by a lot of different organizations.
0: Right and and will there be a standard in Canada like we you know we we are federally legal there are other standards to be an organic food farmer so should there not be national standards, though? I wonder in Canada. I like I, you know. I would hope that because we're federally legal, they will recognize it.
1: So this group is has already had lots of clients in Canada. So that's what I we I were talking to him on a on a conference call with other BC craft growers, and they have other clients already adhering to this in Canada. The thing is, the whole USDA organic thing. They're sort of the the brunt of organic certification because of the volume of produce that are things that are made under that label. But um, I don't know of any yet that I haven't heard of, of anyone else trying to be the, the certified organic version in Canada. I have heard of other cannabis producers using their own nomenclature to say things like, you know, we're this kind of organic or we're permaculture sure. or whatever. But again, those are all self-proclaimed things. So they're they're sort of creating their own rubric. Not to say that that's wrong. It's just you sort of got to agree on something, right? There has to be a mm. level that everyone's consistent. So this group is available to to take their certification anywhere. It doesn't have to be within any jurisdiction. The one thing they did point out, which is really interesting, is that regulations around cannabis are very patchworky. We already know that within Canada yeah. different provinces. And in the U.S. specifically because it's state by state. So they are recognizing that there are regulatory things that may interact or intervene with certifying uh, of organics. And they're willing to work within that. So what that says to me is that there's there's like a competing level of regulations here. They're not the ones that are going to be the trumping because they have to follow. They have to be within, under what's legal, regulatory, legal within your state or your country of origin. But they're willing to work with the regulatory bodies and build a balance of clients so that within that jurisdiction it it will work. So that's a it's a totally uh, gray area, let's say it that way, but mm-hmm. this is the kind of group where they have 17 years of history already in North America and they're willing to you know help with the regulations in Canada uh, and work within them. So that's a, a huge a huge thing I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a really good guideline uh, for companies that want to go down uh, that route. And, and hopefully, more of them do. Uh, you can find more information at www.cleangreensert.com, And that would be CERT, C E R T. So that's Clean Green CERT. Dot com And of course, you can find Melka at greengencompany.com. Check it out and find out how she can help you. Thanks. As always, Melka have a great rest of the week.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I just wanted to make a note that anyone that subscribes to my newsletter this week, we're having a workshop approaching uh, 3.0. So Cannabis 101 Workshop Approaching 3.0, we have uh, coming up next week. So if you subscribe uh, coming up, you'll get a free seat at the workshop. Awesome stuff. Have a great week. Thanks, Dean.